Hello. Oh, hello. I'm Sammy. And I'm Steve. And you're listening to Rose Plate Special, the most dramatic, slorious, <laughs> uh, I don't have anything else. Crown-wearingest. Um, Crown-wearingest. Um, annoy, most annoying recap <laughs> podcast of The Bachelor ever. Um, I was I so annoyed. No, sorry, that's not a good endorsement. I was so annoyed with Victoria last night. I was just so annoyed with her. I well, in her, her defense, though, the most Victoria outfit of all time? Perhaps. Perhaps. It was just, it was amazing. She looked incredible. <laughs> but was a terrible person. So, yeah, everything tracks. I just, oh, my God. Okay, so... In general, my impressions of the women tell all were that it was underwhelming. It wasn't what I wanted it to be. And all of the women were running damage control except for Katie. <laughs> all correct. All yeah. 100% correct. Like, yeah, I, I didn't get anything from it no. where I thought, like, I, I don't know. Like, nothing was revealed to me. Other than apparently there was 7,000 dates that we did not see for some reason so that they could yeah. focus on cutting to all the drama and yelling instead of all the weird dates that we missed out on. Yeah. Why can not we see what's in the box? Yeah. I want to see them eat bugs or touch bugs and get rings. Yeah. That fun. looked fun. Stupid. Right? Or, factor. <laughs> drink eggs and stuff. They're just like, we're going to go full gross out. Um. Yeah, I was underwhelmed by the women tell all because what I really wanted to talk about was racism. <laughs> mm -hmm. And did we didn't get to do it. Lame. Although it was filmed on February 4th, which is roughly a month before, you know, they got in real big trouble. So that's true. That's true. They still should have talked about it, but, you know, they still should have talked about it because now that we know it had been a, it had been a thing and been talked about for a month mm -hmm. in the blogs. Mm -hmm. So, it's it was a thing and yeah so it was just weird it was just like this strange specter that hung over everything and also it was weird because yeah like the women were trying to downplay how toxic they were and katie was a hundred percent telling the truth you know when she was like nobody told you what to say yep nobody exactly. forces you like it doesn't matter I'm not going to say something just for a producer soundbite. Even if they suggest things to you, you have agency and you can choose not to say something. Does mm -hmm. that mean you might get less time on camera? Yeah. But if you want to have integrity, that's what you have to do. You have to be discerning and think about, is this really how I feel in this moment? Is this how I feel in this situation? How are they going to edit this and make me look like I know I mean, the show has been around long enough that I feel like anyone who's on the show should be thinking about that stuff. And at this point, it's irresponsible not to. Mm -hmm. No, I, I agree. Uh, it, it, really, the damage control was it was laughable too. you know, MJ saying, oh, I was just trying to inject humor into the house or the amazing mental gymnastics of Queen Victoria, where she's like, well, you know, uh, I feel like I was misunderstood and all the other girls were like, yeah, she's just like really funny. And we're she's all like a nice. girl's girl. I was like, what? She is not yeah. a girl's girl. 
and this is how fucked up like Victoria's whole angle was. Victoria was so overwhelmingly toxic and awful, but she also had this Pied Piper thing going where girls, you know, like MJ, for instance, kind of followed in her footsteps and just um, they're Anna, you know, and, and they were kind of her lackeys. So yeah. in order to do damage control for themselves, they basically had to do damage control for Victoria. So, and, and Victoria's whole thing was just like, well, you know, do you think maybe you're like, you know, you guys are too sensitive? Cause you know, there was a comment on Instagram where someone was just like your bra strap was showing. And that's the same as me calling you a big dirty hoe on national <laughs> television. Yeah, what? it was, it was like, yeah, the, the mental gymnastics, you're right. were just unbelievable. Like incredible stuff that you could equate though like the yeah just the things that she compared and i don't know well wasn't she was she a pageant girl or does she just wear a crown i'm not sure she just wears a crown (laughs) it felt like she had been coached you know what i mean like these are the ways that like i mean i hate to say it she'd make a great politician because she says fucking nothing in what and she says a lot of words for nothing and and just dances around shit and tries to make people look bad and um Oh, it was just, ah, it was maddening. It was maddening. But yeah, it's like the thing that sucked is the house was so toxic that the women who looked bad had to say that it was editing for Victoria so that they could say it was editing for them. You're right. Like, I didn't think about it that way. And, and I mean, it was, there was some stuff that was so weird. Like, I was sad that we didn't get to see Sarah. You know, I, I get why she didn't come out, though, because is she really going to come out there to get potentially shit on and have to be away from her dad again? No, no, absolutely. But she didn't deserve any of that. But it was funny because at some point, you know, when Chris was like, OK, now we got to bring out this, you know, this person that like needs to talk about that and like. You know, she really got shit on. I thought they were going to start with Sarah. And then I was like, well, actually, we got to talk about Ryan and we got to talk about Brittany. Because guess what? So many women got shit on (laughs) this season. And I was like, that is a sad thing to realize, you know, when you watch them come out and talk about the bad ways that they were treated by all these women. And literally by the end, the only person standing up for everyone was Katie. Nobody else. No one else said anything. And then. And then not helping, Chelsea was just like, well, why are you lumping us in with everybody else in the house? It's like, well, were you someone who said, hey, this stuff is fucked up? No. Well, then, I mean, I'm pretty sure I saw you laughing along with some really messed up stuff. So sorry, I thought you were cool, but I think you probably should have helped Katie out. (laughs) Yeah, and and this is, this is. Another part that's maddening, because not only are they are they kind of backing up Victoria to cover their own asses, but all of this seems to be like like they're ganging up on Katie, even though all Katie did was go to Matt and say, hey, shit's fucked up. She didn't say anything about anyone in particular. She didn't throw anyone under the bus. She just laid it out, was completely honest, and it was very reasonable because things were basically boiling over at that point. And now... Instead of the girls saying like, yeah, it was a fucked up environment and we did things we're not proud of and like owning up to all this stuff, they're like, they're treating it as some weird like banding together girl power thing. Like the real proper thing to do is stick together and Katie is actually bad because 
she talked about problems. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's no. just complete backwards logic. I don't get it at all. At well, all. And remember when I was like, I feel like Kayla just disappeared. Because mm-hmm. like all of a sudden she just, there were like a few women like that where I was like, they're just not around anymore. And like, I don't really know what happened. But then Katie had said something to the degree of like, yeah, and you didn't get to know great women like Kayla. And, you know, so it's like, okay, well, that stands to reason that there was probably some footage and some stuff with her. Because remember, I was like, oh, they seem to have a really great connection at the beginning. And then what happened? But it's like everything got overshadowed by all this drama. Maybe he could have gotten to know her better. You know, that kind of a thing. That was like what Katie was alluding to. And I think she had a really good point there. Because I remember thinking that Kayla seemed like a really strong front runner. And then she just like vaporized. And I was like, what happened? And I I wrote my note. I was like, what happened to her? That's a really good point. I have no idea. And she seemed cool and chill. So it's unfortunate that we had to spend all of our time watching these women complain. And then they just spent the whole time on women tell all being like, we're actually good people. And I'm like, I actually don't believe you. I don't believe you. I'll tell you who I think are, you know, good people. I think Abigail's a good person, you know. I think um, Katie, obviously, yeah, Kayla seemed cool. And poor Ryan and Brittany, they did nothing wrong. And one of the, you know, only good people left is still on the show. And that's Michelle. I mean, Serena P is fine. Um, But it's like there were just so many women who like fed into that. Serena P did a little bit, too, because she was like upset about some of the women coming late and stuff. But I think it was more Heather's, which I think is totally understandable. But I still can't get over when she was like, what is she going to do? Like, come here and marry him? And I was like, that is the premise of the show. So you cannot say that. Uh, <laughs> that Yes, that is her goal. But there were just so many who didn't say anything and just contributed to this environment. And I'm not going to let them gaslight me and think it's just all editing because you look at some of the other seasons and there was so much closeness with the women. And a lot of the times it was because, you know, the bachelor sucked and what else do we got? We got to focus on their friendship because he's a loser. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, Matt is arguably a lot better (laughs) than some of the bachelors we've had in the past. So maybe that's why it got highlighted, but clearly there was enough drama that they felt like that was more important than the fun that they were having in the house. And that says more about their dynamic than it does about the producer's choices. Because if that stuff wasn't there, there would be nothing to film. Just like, you know, that's always the argument on the real housewives, right? Like if I said something that was really messed up, uh, you would have seen it on the show because there's no way a producer would leave that on the cutting room floor. So juicy. (laughs) Yeah. So clearly, I didn't say anything messed up. There you go. That's the proof right there is that it's not in the episodes. And I think that that's always uh, a very strong argument unless they're on the production staff and then it's a weak ass argument. But anyway, Mm -hmm. so, okay, here's one thing that I thought was really messed up. Uh, I I feel really bad for Ryan because I feel like she had just zero chance. She just did not have a chance at all to make it anywhere or do anything. And who the hell says slower anymore? Who says slower? I, I didn't know people said it to begin with. I didn't 2003 know call. They want their insult back. Like stupid. Dumb. I know if, if only like 13 year old me would have known that one, I would have used it just all the time, but it came out around the same time as mean girls. I feel like, which is why I said 2003, but anyway, um, okay. slower. Um, so Slay. she, she calls her a slower and is like, you know, 
denigrating her as a dancer. And here's the thing that was really fucked up. And I want, I would be curious to listen to see if other people picked up on this. Cause I sure saw it. And it's something that one of my friends has also brought up. So like, I'm hyper aware of it, but I was like, Oh, when Victoria repeated back what Ryan said, she added like a neck pop that Ryan didn't do. And that's fucking <laughs> racist. So anyway, yep. Uh, I was like, not that I didn't already think Victoria was trash, but I was like, wow, you just you just added an inflection and emotion that Ryan legit did not do. And I was going to rewind, but I knew I didn't need to because I was like, in my heart of hearts, I know that that is not what my eyes just saw. So cool, 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 cool. Uh, but good for Ryan. First of all, I think she was the best dress at the Women Tell All because her outfit's the only one I remembered. And it was, she looked freaking amazing. So good I mean, for you. Victoria, I will never forget her outfit. However, I, I don't think that, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, that doesn't make it memorable. It's just, it's memorable in a bad way, I guess. Infamous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not a good reason to to remember. Do you remember what Ryan was wearing? It was so good. No, I'm just I just have uh, teal rhinestone, you know, just searing my eyeballs. That's that's what I have in my head. So so, so yeah. Ryan was wearing this one sleeve um, dress. It was all sequined, like oh, really yeah. pretty green color. All, and mm -hmm. she had like that collar on it, you know. Oh, my God. And I'm watching looking at it again. It was like all slinky and asymmetrical and so pretty. And I was just like, you know what? At least, like, I thought she was definitely the best dress because she was, the, besides, yeah, Victoria, her outfit was the only one I remembered. And I was like, wow, you look great. And that, if that's not, um, you know, a paradise audition dress, I don't know what is. You mm -hmm. look smoking. Um, and here's her caption on Instagram. She posted quite a few pictures on Instagram of her dress. And she said, strong women don't have attitudes. They have standards and boundaries. Ooh. Yeah. Good job, Ryan. You're that awesome. Victoria. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, God, I mean, if Victoria looked so bad, but like Ryan just um, looks I'm so sorry. good. Pale teal sequined pantsuit um, with a crown. What, what else? What else do you need? Just I mean, come on. <laughs> I hate her so much. Yeah, it's just like, but it's like you put you put someone like that next to someone who's as put together as Ryan, and it's like, come on, like I don't know. Ryan's like so beautiful, and I would have loved to get to know her better. Uh, and I think it's cool that she's a dancer and stuff. I think that's neat. So hopefully, she's. I mean, if she wants to be, I think it would be cool if she was on Paradise, and I'd love to get to know her more. So. I think she did a good job. Like, you know, I always look at the women tell all as like paradise auditions. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And I think she did really well. Um, I'm looking at, <laughs> I'm looking at Victoria's uh, Instagram. She has woefully few fo followers and that makes me feel really good. That's weird because I kind of want to follow her. Like don't I mean the people that you that you want to follow from the bachelor are like people who are fun or interesting or likable, but also super villains. Like why wouldn't you? Well, let I me look know. and see. Like I I feel like her following is low because I feel like a lot of the times the women on the show can get up to a million. Um, so let me look at Katie's because Katie I feel like yeah. So so Katie has four hundred twenty four thousand followers right now. Yeah, respect. 
Yeah. And, and also her, her, her Instagram handle is vent with Katie, which I think is cute. I, I mean, I just, I absolutely love Katie and I think she's amazing and I want her to do all kinds of good things. Victoria only has 62.6 thousand followers. Really? Yeah, huh. that's it. Yeah. Uh, I'm wow. happy about that is my point. Yeah. I mean, because I don't want her getting that Instagram but... money, you know, that's it. Yeah. 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 I don't who know. Else, who be. else do you think? Let's see. Let's see if Michelle has more. I'm trying to think of like who might be the most popular. Um, Michelle Young. I mean, it's got to be Rachel, right? Because well, I don't want to look at that. Okay, <laughs> fine, I will. Well, because you uh, got to think like, she was she was well liked, and then she became that's true famously infamous. So <laughs> okay, that's let's a good see. Combo. Ooh, but you know what? Katie's not far behind, so that makes me feel better because Rachel's okay. at four hundred seventy-two thousand. Sure, that's good. That's so. Good. So I don't mind that too much. Um, yeah, I feel I feel okay about that. Um, I hope that Katie surpasses her. <laughs> I can't find Michelle. Maybe Michelle doesn't have a Instagram. Mm. Let me see. Oh wait, here it is. She has 174,000. She definitely deserves more followers. Come on. She deserves more. But it was hard to find her. So just saying. That could be it too. It was, it was hard to find her. I had to go down for a while. And she just started her account when? Not long ago. Um, well, 47 weeks ago, but she only has like uh, one, two, like 10 pictures. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she does, she's not, she's not all that active. I was going to say like sometimes teachers don't post that much on Instagram or anywhere or on social media, oh, you know, sure. cause they like want to keep that stuff. Down. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's smart. I have more respect for her that there's very few pictures on her Instagram. Cause you would think mm-hmm. that, but that makes sense too, that people wouldn't follow her as much. Um, well, that's like, uh, when, when I was, when I was, teaching this was like a lifetime ago but i uh, many 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 years ago i was a teacher and one of my students one day raised his hand and he said hey mr cuff what's a live journal and uh, I, like, where did you hear those words <laughs> because that's like a very like 2002 yeah and then i realized that i had a live journal when i was you know, I don't know, it was probably like 2001, 2002. And I was immediately like, Oh God. So then I walked over to my, my computer in my classroom, logged into my old live journal, deleted it, and then <laughs> probably walked over and said, well, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of like, uh, my or Facebook and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I actually tried to find my old live journal posts. And at some point during my angsty young adulthood, I deleted all my good shit. And I was so mm. sad. Uh, but it didn't stop me from finding my friend's live journal posts, and I shared them at her bachelorette party. Oh, see, that's good. That's one of my real. better moments. And all of her posts were about like pining after dudes. It was great. <laughs> it was really great. It was just what like, I don't think I'm ever going to find somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, guess what? You're getting married. Um, Turns out thirst posting you was wrong. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, Abigail has 408,000 followers, by the way. She deserves a million billion. She is so nice. Um, yeah, totally. I, and this is another thing where it's just like, okay, the, the women tell all didn't tell me anything about Abigail that I didn't already know, but it really drove home how just likable and wonderful and great she was. Um, I, I would say that, you know, maybe, maybe this was because whenever they do the hot seat thing, it's either we want to literally roast someone who's terrible 
or we want to basically have you do a tryout for Bachelorette. And I, I, I think Abigail's honestly too good for the show. Like she's too pure and wonderful. Get her, get her the hell away from this. Doesn't yeah, she's she's great. Yeah, let's talk about her in a in one second. I just wanted to say, um, when I just look up, Serena P only has like a hundred thousand followers, which kind of surprises me. Two Canadians. Um, Maybe she's too Canadian. I mean, that's why I like her, though. And then Brie has 181,000. So the nice thing is, like, they're all ahead of Victoria. So that's what really matters. Yeah, that's really a relief. And I appreciate that. So anyway, so that's good. And I've, uh, yeah, it sucks that Rachel Kirkinell has the most uh, as far as I can see. So let's hope someone beats her because um, I don't like seeing that crap i think katie has a really good shot of uh, getting more followers over time so we'll see how that goes and maybe she'll be the next bachelorette or maybe it'll be michelle and i would like it to be one of those two women or abigail um and i would be pleased with any of those outcomes but let's talk about abigail because yeah i thought it was interesting i know this is something that i had brought up and i was curious about and i was i was actually really excited that she brought Mm -hmm. this up Um, cause I know I had mentioned in one of the early episodes that like, there's not, I don't know that much about the deaf community, like she said, with a capital D, but I do know that there is this really strong feeling in that community against things like cochlear implants. And like, there's like a, there's a culture around it where it's like, you don't do that. And you speak in, you know, you speak in sign language and, and all of that stuff. Um, and so I was curious how she felt about, you know, all of that and where she felt she fit in. And I just don't know enough about the culture. Obviously, I don't live it or anything, you know, to speak on it. And, and I was curious kind of where she fell and 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 I'm, I figured she had an awareness of all of that. And it was cool to hear her talk about it and say, yeah, like I'm and also be very honest, like I'm not part of that culture. That's a whole separate thing. This is, you know, where I am and this is what my implant does for me. And it was, it was nice because I connected with this whole community of people who feel like they haven't seen themselves on TV and, and also that they feel kind of misunderstood or ignored or, you know, that they're not like, you know in the cult in that other culture. So maybe like don't know where they fall and sounds like she kind of gave a lot of people a feeling of, of home. And I think that's really freaking cool. And I was really curious about how she felt about all those things. And obviously you can't get into great detail on a show like that, but I thought they did a pretty, I'm going to give them that, that I think they did a really good job of talking about that. And, you know, there's, there's so many, media, you know, media in general is just so ableist <laughs> and there's just oh yeah, so much work that needs to be done on that front. And there's so many other problems that the bachelor has in general, but it was cool to see them. I felt like they were really making progress on that front and that made me feel good. And she, she felt like she was doing something you know, good to contribute to that. And I agree. And yeah, so that was cool. I, that was probably my favorite part of the whole episode. Oh yeah. No, that, that was great. And like I said, it's just, 
It, it, it was nice. It, in a season full of just horse shit, it was nice to see something genuinely heartwarming and just nice, just nice and, and pure and honest and good. I get a lot yeah, of that. I think she's a, I think she's a good person. I'm pretty sure she's a good person. Cause I feel like if she wasn't, we would know by now. So that's yeah, good. She's not a good person. Nothing in this world is good. Everything is- <laughs> we just quit. We just quit totally doing quit. this completely. Um, and then I, yeah, I wanted to talk about Brittany too, because. Oh my gosh. Brittany was great. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So poised. I think she did a great job. And here's okay. This is another thing that I want to give Brittany credit for because I have a couple thoughts for Brittany though, and I'm sure someone has reached out to her at this point, so I'm sure it's fine. Uh, but anyway, one thing that really bugged me, but we knew what was coming. It was kind of fun, like foreshadowing is interesting sometimes, right? Like mm-hmm. Chris Harrison saying outdated shit about sex work was not surprising. <laughs> Yeah. And he was just like, what a devastating thing to say. And it's like maximum ownage. It's like we've been spending the last year like watching people make ass loads of money on OnlyFans. So I don't really know what you think you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing first of all, there's nothing wrong with that. And oh, there's zero the only- there's zero things wrong with that. But to Harrison's point, I can't believe I'm saying this about Chris Harrison, but <laughs> when you look at the general audience for The Bachelor like who that core audience is. I think a big chunk of the audience isn't there yet. Right. They're pearl clutchy. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're going to drag them into the future, whether they like it or not. We got to talk about new hosts and all all that in the modern world. (laughs) Yes. Uh, But yeah, like I, yeah, I get that part of it, but I was like, you're not helping when you say it's a devastating rumor. The problem is that it wasn't her. The, The issue was that that's not representative of what she does. And that's the big issue. And if she and she shouldn't have to be associated with anything she doesn't do. Like, let's put it another way. If someone started spreading rumors that I was like writing articles for like an alt-right publication, (laughs) that means the door is closed to me for all the things I want to do in the future because no one would trust me and all the work that I I have done would be in vain, right? Like, and so if someone effectively like spread a lie like that to the point that people believed it, it could ruin my career. So my point is, it's not about the sex work. The point is she's being misrepresented and whatever way she wants to go with her career that can affect her career because there are certain places that don't want to touch that or aren't ready for that or whatever. And also it's just not true. It's just not true. Um, or like, I don't know, like, if someone spread something innocuous that I was like, you know, I won star baker. Uh, I, what a dream. Um, and I didn't, you know, it's like, but yeah. then people, people look at you with a different, with a different expectation and, and they're thinking something the about you that's not true. Too, but behind, you say? Like, uh, the intent behind yeah. why they said, yes. why? Oh, I heard she's an escort because not only is it misrepresenting. Yeah, I can't run for money. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Older man, I'm making my fart face right now, but podcasting is not a visual medium. Anyways, the point is, is like it was said in a way because it wasn't like she said, "Oh, well, I heard she's a firefighter," which obviously isn't true. 
But right. she was specifically throwing that out there because she was trying to think, hey, what's like a really like fucked up horrible thing that I can say that's like sexist and specifically targeting women and specifically to tear down a, a beautiful woman that I'm intimidated by? Yes. Oh, say she's a prostitute. Great. Like that. <laughs> yeah. On. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. I was like, there's because there's there's like multiple levels why it's fucked up and also why we but why we shouldn't say like, oh, it's devastating. So I think we covered off. <laughs> I was just kidding. Yeah. But what. What I was going to say is to Brittany's point, what I really liked is that she took a minute to like interrupt her flow and say, listen, there's nothing wrong with that industry, but it's not me. That's the point. It's not me. It's not what I do. And the thing that sucks is I don't want that tied to my name because it's not who I am. And now every time somebody searches my name, those are the first things that show up and that lives on the internet forever. Now I wanted to talk to her and I bet. I don't know. I feel like they probably reached out to her. This would be an interesting developing news story. Are you familiar with reputation.com? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they like basically mess with your SEO stuff or whatever. So your bad research results go away or get squished down by other things. Yeah, I'm wondering if um, if reputation.com has reached out to her. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You want to talk about a good like spokesperson, influencer, or whatever. Like, that would be perfect. Yeah. And it's great because normally when people use reputation.com, it's probably like a lot of shitty people. I'm just saying, right. like, across the board. Uh, so, this would be good because it's, it's difficult for them to find high profile, good PR examples of people. So, yeah, if, if I'm working for them, I'm pitching this right now hard. But yeah. I'm not, but reputation.com, if you want to uh, give us an email or give us a call, you know, it, we're both available. To yeah, consult. we'll consult. So just let us know. Reasonable fee. Reasonable yeah, fee. totally reasonable. Uh, my rates are going up, though, just so you know. So <laughs> anyway, yeah, I just can't imagine this wouldn't be a good effort. I'm looking on their Twitter and stuff to see if they've like posted anything or if anybody's reached out to them. Cause I'm like, I mm-hmm. don't get why they wouldn't do this. And th- it made me think of it because, um, I read that book. Uh, so you've been publicly shamed mm-hmm. by John Ronson. And they were talking about, cause there was one woman who really, well, and this wasn't just in the book. This was in like a This American Life episode too. And I think I've got this correct. I think it was for the woman. There was this woman who there was like a, oh God, I'm trying to remember what it was. It was like, um, there was just like a sign that said silence and respect at like a military. Do you know what I'm talking about? It said like silence and respect at like a military grave site. Um, let me see if I can find it. Silence and respect and yeah, photo. So it was like this teacher and it was like the silence and respect sign. And basically she had like this meme going with another teacher friend where they would stand in front of signs and like deliberately do the opposite of the sign as a joke. And they were making an album of it. So it wasn't like it was just at this military gravesite or whatever. They've been doing it all over the place and they did it for one second. Nobody saw it. It was meant to be like a joke for them, you know, kind of a thing. And that was it. Well, she it was at Arlington and it's a silence and respect. And there's a picture of her, like obviously fake yelling and like giving the bird. And she got fired from her teacher job for it, oh which I think God. is overreacting completely. 
And she was devastated. Like it was clearly a joke. If you look at the context of all the photos that we've taken, you know what I mean? Like we mm-hmm. just do that stuff. But but there were some like, you know, conservative people on, oh, yeah. who love on, on Twitter who just came after her and were like, you know, got it. We got to get her out of here. Da, 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 da. And so, yeah, like, so I know she... I believe it was her story because like John Ronson covered quite a few, but I think it was Lindsay Stone that they worked with for reputation.com. And, and they, and they tried to kind of like work. Yeah. Yep. It was her. And so it was her reputation management that they, they tried to work on. I don't know how well it went, but their, their approach to it is basically like, I mean, when I search for Lindsay Stone, I still get overnight. Everything I loved was gone. And so you've been publicly shamed. Uh, but yeah. but yeah, they had filled out like a petition. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, and let's see. So there was a change.org petition. It only had 29 supporters. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, but there's an article um, that says like, so you're still being publicly shamed. So apparently they're still going after her for that one photo like oh six God. years later but well, cancel how, culture is such meme- a problem <laughs> that's how boomer memes work because they just like they get circulated over and over and over and over again like obviously like the ones that are bad do but even the wholesome ones like i saw yeah. one like a relatives uh shared something it was just like all little johnny wants to be is a celebrity for one day before he dies of right super duper bone cancer will you share this and make him famous and it's from like 2016 so it's like damn like, hope little johnny's still around dead yeah. yeah it's like what the fuck but yeah like all these dusty conservative memes they just love to yell about the same thing over and over and over and over and over again yeah, appear- yeah, that's really fucked up. And also, this is another thing that was really terrible. Is like she was like a very loved teacher. Like her students, like she was a good teacher, and her students loved her. And she taught um, with a they they worked with adults with learning disabilities for a nonprofit called Living Independently Forever. And they were like they were like best buddies with their, you know, students and stuff. And it's like, mm-hmm. you took that away from them and you can't, you know, you might not be able to explain that to the students. Some of them might not understand what happened. And you just like, you know, did this major life change, <laughs> you know, because she yeah. took one goofy, one photo that was yeah. like clearly sarcastic. Exactly. So you it's took something so small stupid. and you, wrecked a person's life forever. Meanwhile, conservatives are like, I'm being canceled because I'm a congresswoman and I'm horribly transphobic and I have a million different outlets to speak my opinion and uh, people get mad at me sometimes. Yeah, it's like I the false equivalency really drives me. Well, okay, so I wasn't going to talk about this, but here we are talking about this on the show. Um, I'm, I have been really on a tear for the past few days about people getting upset about all this Dr. Seuss stuff. Like you didn't even read those books. Those were not popular books. Okay. It's just six of them. No. They were, out of print. There's like two of them. I'm like, 
I think I read these when I was really young, but they like belonged to my dad and they were super old. Like, I don't even know if they're widely available to begin with. Yeah, exactly. They're not. They're not. There were like a couple. Someone had mentioned um, that there were a couple that were available in like a collection, but but the rest are like not popular at all. So they're like, hey, do you remember those six books? You don't. You don't remember them. And we're just going to take them out of print because they're super racist. Because uh, guess what? He did racist shit. And then people are like, well, why are you trying to cancel this literary icon? It's like, do we really want to get into it? Do you want to go down that road? Because I will go down that road. And we can talk about all of the problematic literary figures that you idolize for some weird reason. Like they're not human beings who make mistakes. That's yeah. strange to me. We can talk about Lovecraft like, if you want, you know. Oh God, yeah, right. Like, right. yeah, I'm gonna talk about races. Go ask. Uh, go go Google what the name of Lovecraft's dog is if you don't think that he wasn't racist or was it his cat? I don't know. He had a pet that he named after a racial slur, so that's fun. Yeah, yeah uh, he sucks. He's the worst. Yeah, but the thing is, it's like with the with the Dr. Seuss stuff one it's shit that you didn't read anyways and you don't care about two if you need that stuff it's available to you you can get it from the library it's available online like it's not like it's it's been incinerated um and then three and this is very important is people forget that th- there's there's like there's like weird capitalism at play here too so yeah. i was thinking about the Mr. Potato Head thing and people are like <gasps> They're not selling Mr. Potato Head and Mrs. Potato Head separately. And I don't want to live in a world where a potato doesn't have a <laughs> big old dick. Like, I, okay, listen, listen. Oh, my no God. One, you don't give, first of all, no one should give a fuck. Second of all. It's a potato. It's a fucking potato. A potato doesn't have a gender. It's a potato. It's a fucking potato. What are you talking third, third, and this is very, very important. Now they only have to when you just make potato head and you include dress and mustache or whatever and you can do whatever the fuck you want with your potato. That's one package, okay? So they're cutting costs and they get to be like, "We care." The company doesn't really care. I can insure, I can assure you they don't give a fuck. They're just they're I mean they're they're cutting costs and it and it's, looks nice and it does have a nice outcome in a sense. And the same thing with the Dr. Seuss thing. No one's buying these books. It costs them money, okay? The Starbelly Sneeches are paying to keep, you know, Little Billy's racist adventures in print. There's no money in them keeping these books around. No one gives a fuck about any of these. Right. So it's just, it's just capitalism is so distinctly tied to all this. And the fact that people are crying out over this, who gives a fuck? Seriously, who gives a fuck? It's really, I mean, yeah, the whole thing is just so dumb. And like, and then I had, and then I had people be like, well, okay. uh, Okay. Yeah. I'm going to get into this. I literally, somebody on my, and I got so mad. Somebody on my Facebook feed was like 75% of people were racist in the past. (laughs) It's like 75%. I don't, I think, uh, that's I mean, mathematically like inaccurate. 100% of white people have done real racist shit. And you, 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 I mean, you, you have racist inclinations that you don't even realize. 
that, that are like a part of you. It's just like culturally embedded. What the fuck though? You just throw out a number like that. That's so fucking. But it was like, but it was like in a way to say like, oh, well, like to, to, uh, make it acceptable. Do you know what I mean? Like the way that I read it was you are massaging your own guilt because you are very worried that if you lived in the sixties or whenever that you would have been one of those overt racists. (laughs) You're worried about that so much that you're just saying, well, everybody did it. And it was okay back then. It was never okay. Just Mm -hmm. no one told you. Exactly. It was never okay. It was always fucked up. Can we all agree on that? Yeah. It never was it okay. And that's and that's totally it. It's just like plenty of people, myself included. I've I did things when I was younger that I am not proud of. I probably said things. I was unkind to people, but no one no one said, Oh, that's bad. So I didn't think it was bad. And then later you're like, Oh fuck, that was bad. That was fucked up. So, yeah. Yeah. You just you just own up to it. And am I the same person I was when I was 14? Thank the fucking Lord. Absolutely not. Uh, but you know, it's just like you you learn and you grow and you become a better person. And when people are like, um, it says here in 1998 that you were mad at your little brother and you called him the R word. Yeah, I probably did, and no one told me that was bad and why that was bad, and I fucking feel bad about it, but I know better now and I can tell other people that that's bad and that's what you should do. So don't don't massage your shit, man. Well, people are like, oh, well that, you know, like, well, so people aren't allowed to make a mistake. That's the problem of cancel culture. And I'm like, no, people are totally allowed to make a mistake. But if you'll notice, first of all, cancel culture isn't real because JK Rowling is going to be rich no matter what we do. Okay. Like, sorry, it's not real. (laughs) It just doesn't exist. Okay. There are consequences to actions though. If you do something fucked up, people can choose to not support you with their money or their attention. And that is a hundred percent within their rights to do. You can say whatever you want and people can decide how they will react to that. And that's just life, you know, but we're talking about, okay, like, um, we're like Shane Dawson, like, you know what? Never once in my life did I do any of the things that he has done that people want him to not exist on YouTube for? Never, never. I can, I can guarantee you, I never did any of that fucked up shit, you know? And he just repeatedly does it and he never learns and he's not a good person. And he just does, he does just enough and apologizes just enough to keep making money. That, that does not a good person make. Those are the kinds of people we're trying to root out. And I don't think we should ever look at historical figures as being these two-dimensional, either all good or all bad people. I mean, there are sides of historical figures that we don't get to hear about, like that Helen Keller was a socialist. And they started, they stopped taking her seriously in adulthood because she got more politically involved and they didn't like what she was saying. And then they're like, well, you know, she's blind and deaf. So what does she know? Um, that's mm-hmm. messed up. I would have liked to learn that in school, but I didn't. <laughs> I learned that on my own in adulthood, you know? But anyway, not to go off on a tear, let's bring it back to Rachel Kirkinell. She, you cannot, there is no excuse. Sorry, if you're in your early 20s and you are on the internet and you have, you know, uh, Netflix, maybe HBO. 
you have all the opportunity in the world to be exposed to different worldviews and understand that's that liking a picture in front, front of a Confederate flag isn't okay, or going to an old South party on a plantation is not okay in 2018 or whatever it was. You should have already known. Okay. And it's on you that you didn't know you're, you were an adult, you were old enough to make a decision and you should have looked at that and said, that's fucked up. You, now, you weren't even pre 2010. Like you weren't even in my space era. And yeah, this <laughs> was like, this was Instagram. This, this was Instagram. Yeah. The gram was in full effect. But, uh, but that's happened post Ferguson. If you're liking Confederate flags, like what kind of a, what is wrong with you? But it's like, how did you not know it was fucked up before? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I remember when I was in high school, uh, I went to a pretty hick high school. I'm going to say that. And I was very upset as a 14-year-old in the early 2000s that I went to school with guys who drove around trucks with Confederate flags in Wisconsin. Oh, my God. high school, too. (laughs) And it was really upsetting. I really, and I knew it was bad. I knew it wasn't okay. I knew that anyone who said states' rights was full of of shit. Mm -hmm. And this was in the early 2000s. You know what I mean? Like I was 14 and I was well aware that that was all bullshit and I was not okay with it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, our school was mostly white. Um, One of my friends who who came from, I think – I'm trying to remember. He moved. He moved to North Carolina, but I think he also like came from North Carolina. I'm trying to remember. Um, but he was like one of the only black students in our school, and he out and out told me in high school, "I it is worse here <laughs> than where I mm-hmm. came from, and I feel way more uncomfortable." And my family is moving back because we're not dealing with it anymore. I mean, it was bad. So it was like I was very aware that that stuff was fucked up at 14, and I lived in like. A, a weird semi-rural bubble. So my point is like, you gotta, you gotta make it your responsibility to know these things. You can't count on anybody else to teach you. And if you have an exposure to the internet, I have a hard time believing that you don't run into it at some point. Yeah. And I understand that people like grow and change and whatever. And I probably expect too much out of everybody. I know that. Listen, I have high standards and it's because I love everybody and I want them to be the best versions of themselves. And that's just, mm-hmm. that's just the way I feel. Um, but to Rachel's credit, she posted, who knows how much of it was her words and thoughts, but she posted a pretty decent apology, um, taking responsibility and saying it was on me. I should have known this stuff and I didn't. And yeah. the way we will assess her moving forward is how much has she changed in, and if she actually changes and decides to take that information and do something good with it, then we'll know that she's become a better person. And as a society, we're not going to judge people. We shouldn't judge people based on one thing. That's not the point. That's not the point. What we're talking about is repeat behavior, or if it's one-time behavior and it's particularly egregious, but we found several examples of things in her past that were fucked up. It's not like we just found one thing. And we know that her family is politically affiliated with with a fascist who believes in hate. So 
I don't know. (laughs) You know what I mean? I think that's plenty. I think that's plenty to say, hey, we're cautious and we don't think that this person is coming from a good place and we need to see more good from this person in order to trust them and Mm -hmm. like move forward. Um, Yeah. And and it's and it's it's hard to because harder in the pre-internet era, but a lot of people, they they default to their surroundings and their authority figures to figure out like morally what what direction should my compass point and you know hopefully hopefully you're able to break away from that and use the fucking internet and see that a whole nother world exists and and try to think outside of, of your immediate area but like at this point there's so many fucking resources and i agree it's it's all about like growing and changing I'm I'm also happy to hear that you had a fucked up weird like we are in the northern part of the Midwest like but there's still Confederate flags everywhere experience because I had the exact same experience in my <laughs> high school kids with monster trucks and Confederate flags and here's the fucked up situation that I ran into so rambunctious little Stevie uh, one day at lunch I was like I fucking hate these giant trucks with their big dumb Confederate flags I fucking hate these guys I'm gonna steal their fucking Confederate flags. So me and my friend went and we, we went out at lunch, but we stole the flags. Um, and then um, I, I drew penises all over one of them. <laughs> Sharpie. And then we stashed them. And the school cop later in the day came, dragged me like literally like by the collar, like out of my, out of my classroom. It's like, where are the flags? Blah, 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 blah. You're going to get suspended. Burr, 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 burr. Sit down with the principal. There's the cop. Got to get the flags back. And they're like, well, you know, burr, 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 and you need to apologize to these boys for, for stealing and defacing their flags. I'm like, I'm not going to fucking Wow. Like, That's not going to fucking happen. What ended up happening was I think eventually they realized, and this was probably like 2001, 2002. I don't yeah. know. But eventually they realized that okay, getting a kid in really big trouble who had never been in trouble before and then and defending the <laughs> Confederate, Confederate flag students. Yeah, I, I think eventually they settled on, even for 2001, the optics here are not great. Um, yeah, it's oh. like there were, you know, yeah, and that's when people, you know, why people are like, oh, well, we didn't know. It's like, yeah, you did. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you did. You but just ultimately, wanted- ultimately, it, it was difficult because, I mean, not for me, because I knew that, like, I didn't really do anything wrong. I mean, right. I guess maybe I shouldn't have drawn the penises, but that's debatable. <laughs> I, mean, well, um, I, I mean, I'm okay with it. I'll, I'll allow it. The point is, like, the, the teacher who narked on me, the, who saw me do this, uh, the principal, the, the school cop, like, all these like, traditional authority figures – we're like, racism is extremely good. We tolerate this every single day. And you, little Stevie, have violated a norm and you are in trouble and you are bad. But it's just like, am I? I don't fucking know. But right. the point is now, that shit would not fucking fly in 2018. And antebellum <laughs> parties are not going to fly then. It's wrong in 2001. It's wrong in 2018. But now more than ever, it's so fucking obviously wrong. Like it's just transparently stupid to do what she did. But I agree with you. It, you just got to watch and see what she does. Can we talk about Matt's beard? <laughs> yes, we can talk about Matt's beard. I want to bring up one. O- <laughs> I want to bring up one other thing quick, just to just to tie it in because I because I think it encapsulates what we're talking about pretty well. But 
Um, some weeks I'm on a panel with uh, a bunch of really talented comedians and improv performers. And I'm usually just the white person who sits there <laughs> and listens and like holds space and nods. And sometimes they'll ask me, well, what do white people think about this? <laughs> and then I go, well, I'll speak, <laughs> I'll speak for all white people. And that's kind of, that's kind of what I do on, on the panel when I'm there and just, and really just try to support and hold space and like, and model good behavior, you know? And we had somebody on the show last week who is a teacher for an improv group at a, at a college. And they, they're, they're making some good moves. Like they uh, intentionally created an all BIPOC improv group uh, and also have some other groups. And like the BIPOC performers can also be in the, you know, more general groups as well. And there's also like a woman and woman identifying improv group and stuff. So just to kind of create more, uh, community and opportunity for people who might not get to play together otherwise. And I think that that's really cool. Um, but one of the people who, well, the person who was on our show was a white woman and she's still kind of at the stage of like being like outraged and incredulous about everything. Like maybe she'll get <laughs> past that, but that's kind of where she's at right now. Like, I can't believe these things are happening. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's like when you're talking to a panel of like mostly black improv performers, they're just like blink, blink, like, well, we know. So that is uh, interesting. But she had said something to the degree of she was really upset that uh, the school hadn't, um, they, they had done auditions for like other like general theater auditions and that they hadn't like welcomed in enough like black performers to, to like the, the proportion of people who auditioned and who ac actually got roles was like, it was disproportionate. Like it just wasn't a diverse mix of performers, particularly for the black performers. And so we were like, well, what are you going to do about it? You know, like, so it upsets you. What are you going to do about it? She's like, well, I had a, I sent an email and just kind of got a <laughs> lukewarm response. And we're like, you going to do anything else? <laughs> and we had given some suggestions. One of the things I said was, well, why don't you write a letter to the editor of the school paper and say something about it? You know, why not? And say, hey, I think this is a problem in our school and we should talk about it and make it a bigger discussion point and, and kind of expose the messed up stuff, right? And something that one of the panelists said to her was, um, he goes, well, now you have all of the information and you have, and, and I wasn't the only one to give ideas. A bunch of people gave ideas first. I was the last one to give an idea and kind of built on, I was like, building on what this person said, I would even take it a step further and, you know, do this if I was you. And, and my friend goes, all right, so you've gotten all the information. So you can either uh, do the right thing or stay silent. It's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, what a way to close, you know, but it, but it's a good point. You know, it's like, you're, that's kind of what I'm expecting out of Rachel. Like you have been given all of the information and you know what? People were uh, generous enough to give that to you. They're giving you their time, their energy, their labor, and they're telling you exactly what they think about you. And you're getting all of this education for free. So mm -hmm. you have the opportunity to do something with that and, and change the direction of your life and change the things that you're doing for the better. Or you can just keep, keep on doing what you're doing and don't change your life. And that's going to going to determine how I feel about you in the future. 
doesn't mean I'm going to completely write you off, but I'm very cautious and I don't, I don't trust you, (laughs) but like, and I can't ever decide if you are a hundred percent to be trusted. That's not my call, but you know, I, anyway, I just thought that that was an interesting tie in and absolutely. anyway. So, okay. Yeah. Matt's beard, Matt's beard looked great. (laughs) I didn't like it, but I'm not a beard. You didn't like it? Personally, no. As someone who grew up, grew out some disgusting facial hair over the last year, just because I had the opportunity and all the time in the world, um, I, I I wasn't I wasn't into it. Uh, I I don't know. I, I but I can't I can't really speak to it because my biggest concern. I mean, for him, it's great probably because it keeps the face nice and warm. I know when I had my disgusting large mustache, it really helped. You know, keep the upper lip toasty. Uh, what is it like kissing someone with that much beardage going on? I, I have no idea. I'm trying to think how beardly I've... I haven't really been with guys with that much facial hair. Who's the beardliest man you've smooched? Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't think... I, well, maybe I, I obviously have a type because I have not smooched many beardly dudes. But I thought he looked good. Okay, this is what I thought. I thought this is very seasonally appropriate. And this is like a good quarantine beard. And it's very on brand. And But here... <laughs> Okay, this is my favorite theory, even though we already kind of know this, but I was like, that makes no sense. Uh, on Screen Rant, it says, Bachelor Nation thinks Matt James's huge beard is a clue he's single. Oh, absolutely. Are you kidding? So you're telling me you get engaged and it's in the middle of a pandemic and you're basically stuck indoors, presumably with this woman who you're engaged to and is moving in with you. And your first move is, well... Since I've known you for two weeks, I think I'm going to completely change how I look and grow a big ass beard. No. I think that's kind of why I like it so much because, yeah, that's what they're calling it. It's a breakup beard. And I think, okay, so that's kind of what I like about it is if he's doing it for himself, you know, just to make himself feel good, I'm sure it won't last forever. Like Mm -hmm. he knows how good he looks without all that facial hair. He knows. Come on. He knows. Um, But I think it's, it's just kind of like sweet. Like if, cause I mean, I can't think of a time that I haven't been through a major breakup and have changed my hair in a major way every single time I do. So I get it. And so instead of like, you know, changing what's up top, he just changed his facial hair. And I think that's great. It good for him. So I don't know. I liked it, but I also only like it in the, in the thought that it's temporary. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So is, does that mean I like it? Maybe not. But also, I don't know. It looks cozy. And I would really like to see him with a turtleneck and that beard and or maybe some flannel. You know, that'd be great. Yeah. So that's know. that's how I feel about the beard. It's like good for him. Good for you, Matt. As long good as you're doing you. it for you, Matt, and you feel good, that's what that's what really matters. So we're behind yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But okay. I'm not going to kiss you on the mouth. So stop asking that. <laughs> Get out of my DMs. Anyway. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Get out of my DMs. What else did I want to say? The bloopers were stupid. Hated them. Not bloopy enough. Just bugs. Oh, we get it. Bugs. (laughs) Kit getting lost in hide and seek is funny. That was good. And the fact that that didn't make air, because that's not just a blooper. That's like art. So I can't believe we were robbed of, of Kit playing hide and go seek for two hours by herself while Matt and four women sit in a hot tub. It's beautiful stuff. 
Yeah, I love that where she was just like, yeah, this is cool. Yeah, it's whatever. Yeah, I totally am not. I'm having such a good time. I'm really enjoying walking around in the woods, having no idea if anyone found them yet. This is such a great idea for a game. I'm so glad we're doing this. And I was like, yeah, when you hit like that, that was a very relatable kit. Yeah, Kit's not a villain, by the way, in any in any way, shape or form. I think she's great. So, yeah, but I love it's like we've all been there where it's like I'm done playing the game but no one else is done playing the game. So I have to keep playing the game and I'm not good at hiding that. I hate this game. And that's, I feel like we've all been there at one point or another. Mm -hmm. And she was just like, yeah, I want to go home. I don't want to be at the sleepover anymore. This sucks. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Same kit. Same. So I really liked that part. And that was, I mean, that was kind of it. Uh, I actually was, not that I'm surprised, but it was interesting because they really wanted to try to work up like, maybe he's interested in Serena P and then, and then they get there and it's like, no, (laughs) like Serena was just like, yeah, no, I'm glad I made the choice I did and no regrets. Anyway, I hope he's happy. (laughs) And we're all looking on the other side going, he's not though. Look at that beard. (laughs) Well, he's happy alone, I guess. Good for him. Oh, Maddie, 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 you'll find love eventually. Just hopefully not with a racist. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, that would be good. That would be really good. (laughs) So we'll see what happens there. I don't have any other notes. I wrote Piper's name and then nothing next to it. Oh, they were saying like, oh, you seemed like you had a really strong start and then you didn't. That was basically all they really said about Piper, right? Yeah, that's that's it. That's totally. But then she was she was kind of contributing to the meanness as well so yeah i i don't know she just seems like she was never i mean i think she liked she genuinely liked matt but i think you have to be in a certain headspace in order to do the bachelor and she was not in that headspace at any point which is good i mean you know you gotta you gotta be honest with yourself with that stuff yeah anyway so it was just that was kind of a strange and I just and I literally just wrote Piper and that's it. So <laughs> that's it. So what so we we know we know how the show's gonna end. I I'm interested because I at first I thought Matt was gonna be upset about one of the women, but now I think maybe it was his dad who upset him. So we'll see. You know, when when Chris is like, Are you okay? And he's like, like, do, can you keep going? And he's like, No. <laughs> I feel like that was probably more about his dad, but we'll see. Yeah, probably. Oh, well, I think I, I did we cover everything? I think well, we, got we covered everything. more than everything. Oh, let's talk about after the final rose. And the new oh, host. Yeah. We have a yeah. new host. So I don't, I'm not, I, I know sports things, but I don't know sports announcer guys. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So, um, interesting choice because well, I, I think I think they chose him because of the book that he wrote. But um, he is a Fox Sports analyst, and uh, I wouldn't be I like I wouldn't be surprised if that rubbed a few people at ABC the wrong way that they didn't choose someone that was already affiliated with with their channel and their brand. But yeah. So is it Emmanuel Acho? Is that how you pronounce his last name? I think so. Yeah. Or is I, it I don't want to. I, 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 it's not H-O. I think it's Acho. Or, Acho? Okay. Yeah. 
Um, well, so yeah, that's gonna be like, actually, Steve, you're an idiot. Sorry, yeah, you guys sorry. don't know anything. I'm sorry. I don't have cable. I don't watch Fox Sports. Come on. Yeah, I don't really watch. Like, I mean, I was like a fantasy football person, but I, I'm not familiar with podcast. it. We don't watch football. Come on. Yeah, we're really like, I'm in it for the money. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but anyway, so yeah, I'm interested to hear about. So was it was a book, not an online series? Oh, I see. He's a best-selling author and the host of an online series, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. There you go. Interesting. Um, So I would love to listen to some of that, too. Um, Maybe I can catch a little bit of that series before he hosts. But I'm excited to see what will happen. And apparently, Rachel Lindsay had had said that she liked him a lot, too. Hmm. So so, So anyway, this is from NBC News. Just so you can find it. Um, Emmanuel Acho will replace Chris Harrison on The Bachelor after the final rose. And she said in an interview with People, now it says this week, but what date was this? Oh, March 1st. So uh, maybe this week or late last week. But she had said, um, now I lost it. She said, Brian and I both talked about this. We think Emmanuel will be fantastic for after the final rose. And she said, it's very outspoken about racial injustice for social justice. And it's pretty much been the person who said, I can have these uncomfortable conversations and people trust it. Who better to lead it? He's someone who's not involved with the franchise, no ties, no bias. I think it'd be great. So she's in support of it, which is good. Like that's like a good barometer, you know, for me, because I don't know him at all so i'm excited that she's excited about it we'll see what happens after after the final rose like this will kind of be his audition i'm assuming and then i saw i think it came out today once again it was kind of one of those things where like i had stuff going on during the day and i was like maybe i'll be able to read this news story before you record and no but she had said that she thinks that um the bachelor franchise should just stop filming until they figure out stuff. So yeah. I guess they were about to start filming or talking about filming. And she was just like, they shouldn't do that right now, which is uh, true, <laughs> which is just accurate. And what should happen? Uh, like, let's, let's give him a chance to audition for this role. And uh, why not? You know, like if he does a good job, but after the final rose, why not try him out for a season? Whatever. Yeah. You know, and if you really feel like you need someone from Bachelor Nation in there, have JoJo come in as a backup like she did <laughs> for all of two seconds. Oh. I bet he would be way more gracious about it anyway. Um, oh, and then apparently, which I have not, I don't know about any of this stuff. This is breaking, breaking news uh, as of yesterday at 4.50, and I hadn't seen this news story on People Magazine. Apparently, the the... Headline is Rachel Lindsay says she's disappointed by Taylor Nolan's shocking resurfaced tweets. What did Taylor say? This is the emotional intelligence, Taylor. Remember? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm excited for uh, tomorrow, unfortunately. We're going to have to cover it on next week's show because uh, Chris Harrison is going on Good Morning America. Yes, that is a very good point. Um, I have a feeling. Well, well, actually, I have a feeling Michael Strahan's not going to challenge him in the least, but we, we could him trip over himself again, which would be fun for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, gosh. Let me see. I, I'm not sure. 
Hmm. I'm not sure what her old tweets said. They're just saying like, they're shocking. Um, hold on. Mm -hmm. Taylor Nolan tweets. <laughs> I I can try to deliver the gist if I can, if I can find ones. Um, and apparently Becca Martinez is like, your apologies, bullshit. <laughs> Humble yourself. <laughs> I love Becca Martinez. I mean, she would, she would be a great host as well. She's just like, Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, she's fun. She's super fun. She really does not care. Um, okay, apparently, um, this is something that Becca said. <laughs> they call her the former nanny. Oh, Becca. Uh, wrote that Nolan's 2011 tweets, which insulted Indian, Asian, and Jewish communities, and also included body shaming and homophobic content comments were full of wow. bigotry and hatefulness. Card. She then asked the mental health counselor, 27, why she waited to be called out publicly to acknowledge these posts. You are not above scrutiny for past actions any more than anyone else, Martinez continued. Come at me all you want, but I will not back down. What you do is wrong, and this written response is horrible. And so the her, Becca's issue, which is kind of what we were saying, is like um, why aren't you just being honest about it? Why aren't you being forthcoming about it? That's how you grow and change is, is if you admit you were, sh you did shitty things like everyone has done and that you're working on being better. So yeah. anyway, so interesting, interesting. Well, Becca's not interested in the apology. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. She's just like, fuck you. So, I'll, we'll have to look at that more too because I'm not I'm not sure exactly the nature of the tweets, but I'm sure they suck because <laughs> everyone is saying that they do, including Taylor. She also admitted that they suck. So yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens yep. there. So yeah, let's. Uh, so next episode, uh, we're gonna uh, be super bummed out. But just know that we'll have a new host for After the Final Rose, so that'll feel good. And then hopefully they pick the right person for The Bachelorette, which they have like, you know, three choices. So choose wisely. Yep, that's right. Be smart. Yeah. Take care of yourselves and others. Be safe, everybody. And don't do needle drugs! <laughs> Please. <laughs> be safe, everyone. Reduce harm. Eat more vegetables. <laughs>